Welcome to the Rooted Podcast. I'm Melissa. And I'm Timothy. Join us as we deepen our biblical roots by having real conversations about real faith. All right, well, welcome to episode five of season two of the Rooted Podcast. We're, we're back for, for more of book two. We're going to be doing chapters three and four today. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what... what uh, radio broadcast episodes those were? Um, or like which order, I mean? I do not know. I think it probably would end up being like seven and eight, eight and nine. Yeah, I should have looked this up before okay. we started. Let me... We'll put it, that's okay. We can do it. We'll just add it in the notes. But it's it should say, surely somewhere, chapter three and four of book two. <clears throat> Yeah, just look in the description. <laughs> It'll be there probably. <laughs> the shocking alternative and the perfect penitent. Yes. And so. we have a, another special guest with us today. He's been on here before. A couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Back in season one. <laughs> and his name is Ryan. <laughs> yes. Hello. My name is Ryan. It's good to be back here, you guys. Yeah. Thanks for being here. We're very happy to have you back with mm-hmm. us reading Mere Christianity. Have you read this book before or is this the first time? Uh, it's the first time I've read this far. I got okay. through the first part of it whenever I first got the book, and that was probably a couple of years ago. Yeah. So. Cool. So this is this is pretty much a like a blind. This was a blind reading for you as well. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're gonna. What we do to all of our guests now in season two is uh, you have to do two lies and a truth. Yes. And then we have to guess what the truth is. Okay. So. Lie to us real good. Right, yeah, uh, almost. <clears throat> okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna have trouble not saying. Here's the lie, <laughs> and here's another lie. Um, okay, so here we go. Okay. Here are the three. When I was in high school, I could solve a Rubik's cube in 15 seconds. Also, when I was in high school, I was colorblind for a little while. And also, when I was in high school, my best friend and I broke the exact same bone trying the exact same trick. <laughs> what kind of trick? I believe trick? that one. What kind of trick? Yeah, it was a backflip. A backflip on the trampoline? Okay, are you allowed to ask all those I don't questions? know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you um, broke the exact same bone doing a backflip on possibly a trampoline. <laughs> Is this your guess of the truth, or is this you trying to get more information? Just getting more information. We okay. just we gotta fill it out. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, gotta, yeah. You know, okay. see what see what your tells are. Because I feel like all of them could be true, mm-hmm. except for the colorblind thing. That's how can you only be colorblind for a little bit, and in high school, and then that's it. Like, how would that happen? I don't know. Is that is there, a, Jeremiah? You're a science person. Can that happen? <laughs> He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah, so the science science person don't know, so that that's that's a lie. <laughs> but that's also so weird. So it's that gotta is be it's gotta be a true thing though. Maybe he's colorblind now and he's still like he was colorblind then and also is colorblind now. Joke's on you. I'm completely blind. <laughs> <laughs> so why the glasses? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I wear glasses because I'm blind. Um, no, I think I think the colorblind thing's false. Yeah, I would agree. So then we've got, what was the, what was the first the one? The first again? was the Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube. The 15 seconds is what I'm, I'm questioning. I, because I, I feel like I remember you doing Rubik's he, Cube stuff. It was either you or someone no, else. No, it was him, for sure. I remember, I remember that. People um, can do it in 15 seconds. I think, oh, but like that could be true, but like also I feel like the bone-breaking like, thing could also be true. Yeah, that's true. 
This is hard. I'm going to some good ones. These are good. Um, I would say... I'm going with the bone breaking. I don't think it was 15 seconds for the Rubik's Cube. I think that it was does seem very. That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm going with bones. That's my final answer. I'm going Rubik's Cube. What's, what's the truth? Okay, so the Rubik's Cube, the fastest I ever got was 23 seconds. Oh, okay. So 15 is a lie. And I've never broken a bone. So colorblind? You were colorblind for a short time. For a short time. time. You know, when you take a laser pointer and you just point it in your <laughs> eye, um, you lose things. And it all came back eventually, but for about a month there, I couldn't discern between green or blue or anything. Why did you put a laser pointer in your eye? <clears throat> um... So, what else are we talking about today? Was uh, it like a long time? I don't know, like 15, 20 seconds. I don't know. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Those are the Bloody. ones. Is it like the ones you're not supposed to do at planes because it can. Uh, it would, no, it wasn't no. that strong. Okay. It was just like, like a dollar store kind, but it was still enough that huh. you just you shouldn't do that. Um, it's funny because whenever I look at my two year old son and I'm like, son, why would you. Then I have to remember those <laughs> moments and I'm like, oh. <laughs> the apple not. does not fall far from the tree. <laughs> so. Wow. Yep. You well, got you got us good. You did. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Thanks. Huh. Um, I kind of. I, I almost want to put a laser pointer in my eye no. just to see if it works. No, no. I'm curious. He's That's saying not. it works. You can take his word for it. <laughs> you learned from Ron's mistake. Don't do that yourself. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't do it. Well, uh, <laughs> you're the guy that looks at the label and goes, do not consume. I bet it's delicious. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, well, speaking of uh, seeing, would you like to see where this, uh, conver- <laughs> where this conversation we, leads? We have such great transitions <laughs> here. That was the, the best podcast. segue I've ever heard. <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah. I'd rather see this than the dentist. So, yes, let's That's, go for it. There you go. Yep. Okay. I'm doing it. All right. So, okay, so a, while, a couple episodes ago, you know how all season one I talked about how much I hated the dentist, right? Yes. Yeah. So we were like, this season I'm going to talk about something that I like. <laughs> and then I, I then I missed an episode of doing that. But I had still consistently <laughs> talked about how much I hated the dentist. So uh, that's a, it's a trend again. Yeah, got to throw oh, it in there. Okay. We're going to throw it in for hopefully season three. I can actually be more positive. I so now like- you will talk about something you like today. I like steak and sushi. That was that's the thing. always a th- yeah. Oh, that was the thing. That you were was the thing do. I was going to bring yeah, up every right. episode. It didn't yeah. happen. Instead, we'll mm-hmm. get a dentist as a sponsor one day. Yeah. Maybe because you know. Pay me. Because we need some pay me back sponsors. for all the times I've been in there. That's Would right. you go out and eat steak and sushi with a dentist? Ooh, ooh. That's a that's a mini episode <laughs> idea. We'll do that for a mini episode. That I, I that's actually a really good question <laughs> that I would like to delve into one day. But not today. Let's go not into chapter today. three. All right. The yeah. shocking alternative. Mm-hmm. Or alternative. Mm, I'm going to go with alternative. Okay. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's up to you, though. But anyway. No, I yeah. agree. Chapter three. Um, so did you write a summary of this chapter? I didn't write a summary, but I kind of have like a, a lot of like bullet points, basically. Yeah. Of just He, he kind of... It's kind of hard to sum up this chapter, I feel like, because he kind of goes into multiple different topics mm-hmm. in this. So it's really hard to sum up this chapter. Yeah. I feel like the, like the first half is basically he's talking about how people have free will. Mm-hmm. And that's like the whole first half of this chapter. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is kind of how, um, kind of talking about uh, an introduction to Jesus, basically. Yeah. It kind of goes into 
just uh, talking about like how people can say like, oh, Jesus was just a good teacher and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, kind of combats that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that's the best summary I can give of this chapter because honestly, it's kind of hard to just sum this up in one sentence. Yeah, I agree. I had that issue with with this book. It seemed like, um, but um, I don't know. He kind of he started he starts with like because he talks in in chapters one and two about like good and evil, you know, and, and who God is. But um, but yeah, then he um, so then here he he talks about. Like, um, if God is good, or if, you know, the whatever person that he's talking about is mm-hmm. good, then why are things bad? Right. Um, That's the age-old question. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Did you... Uh, I, I like how much simplicity he, he answers that with, because he comes at that, and he's like... Basically, I, I have one sentence highlighted where he sort of summed up what he was talking about. He says, if a thing is free mm-hmm. to be good... It is also free to be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, because of free will, though it makes evil possible, it is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. Um, he just makes it so simple. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, God gave us free will. And, oh, he says something else in here. But at the risk of reading half the whole chapter, I want to read this part um, <laughs> because it was so good. But he says that the happiness which God designs for his higher creatures is the happiness of being freely, voluntarily united to him and to each other in an ecstasy of love and delight compared with which the most rapturous love between a man and a woman on this earth is mere milk and water, and for that they must be free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, he boils it back down to free will, and he says that question, you know, not that it's a dumb question, it's a fine question, but it has a simple answer, God mm-hmm. gave free will. And because of that, evil must exist, and not because God is causing it, but because his will has made a way for that to be present in this world. Yeah. And so on the first page, you know, he kind of gives this example about free will. Um, this mother tells her child, you know, it's my will for you to go and tidy up the, the schoolroom every mm-hmm. night. And if he, if he doesn't clean everything, you know, he leaves something on the floor, well, that was not within, like, the mother's will or mm-hmm. whatever. And that's kind of like, I just, I think that's a really neat way to explain that, mm-hmm. how God, you know, he has a will for us to follow him mm-hmm. and to live for him and we just don't do that right. so because of our free will and uh, I've just never heard it explained like that before and I thought that was a really good example yeah I liked that one as well because it, it helps just kind of make sense of of that thought um I know like at our small group we, we talked that one night about free will a lot or like or God's will more um and just like saying like oh this like bad thing happened which I don't know I don't I it bothers me sometimes, like, when people say, like, they look at some, like, horrible event, and they're like, oh, it was God's will, but it's like, uh, you know, I mean, how, like, as a human now, like, we can look in scripture and say, like, oh, this says, this is according to God's will, um, but then, anyway, but this was just an interesting, like, just, like, God is sovereign, but that doesn't, and, and <clears throat> works things, and, and orchestrates, like, in ways we have no idea, mm-hmm. but then things can still happen, like or he allows them to happen anyway, you know. But yeah. um, but I did, I did think that was a really good example of right. how to explain that. So I don't want to rabbit trail too far, but I do want to ask a question on behalf of other people who have this question: mm-hmm. If God is so good, why is there evil in the world? Um, we can see that freedom is God's will. Freedom, our freedom, is God's will. Um, but the evil is our choice. But that really applies to the things that we do. So if murder happens, we can look at that and go, ah, man, look at how evil mankind is. But Mm -hmm. when 
a tornado rips through a town and kills a bunch of people. And we look at that and we say, well, that's, that's evil. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. But you can't really attribute that to something somebody else has done, can you? Where do we go with that? How do we approach that question? Yeah, I've heard people um, kind of ask that question not in relation to <clears throat> maybe like natural disasters, but um, like illness within your body or something like that. Um, and I've, I don't know like that. I, I'm not saying that this is what I believe 100% kind of thing, but this is just an explanation that I've heard. Um, because when, <clears throat> when Adam and Eve sinned, um, when sin entered the world, um, it affected everything. So their relationship with each other, um, but also like um, then animals like ate each other, right? There's like violence and like death introduced into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like creation also like suffers under the curse of sin. Um, it's just that like nature doesn't like, um, I mean, there's they're not, it's, it doesn't have like a, oh, why God do we suffer? You know, like it's, they're just inanimate, but like they'll be redeemed as well, um, you know, at the end of, of, uh, of times. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, um, it's like the garden, you know, was a perfect place. Mm-hmm. And then, then sin happens and all of a sudden the world's not perfect anymore. Mm-hmm. Like nature's not perfect. Animals are like you said, not perfect. It reminds me of Narnia. Like, yeah. like you know, there, there was, like, the, the tame animals, and then some of the animals, like, became not tame. Mm-hmm. It just became, like, regular, like, bears and stuff. I remember, th- like, oh, yeah. man, that's, that's wild. Yeah. Well, literally wild. Get it? <laughs> yeah, I do. I have to wonder... <laughs> I have to wonder in response to the question I was just asking. I, I was kind of thinking about some of the things that you were saying, and... Um, you know, like you said, the garden was a perfect place, and then sin came in, and then for those those first ten generations there, um, sin just had its way with humanity, and it got worse and worse and worse, mm-hmm. until God said, all of mankind is evil, except for just a very, very, very few, and I'm going to save them, and wipe out humanity, and start over, and show grace, instead of wiping out all of humanity. And so at that point, it had never rained before, any of those things, mm-hmm. and at that time, whenever the Great Flood happened, it rained and the fountains of the deep broke open and there were seismic shifts and all of these other things. And I feel like we could almost look at natural disasters today and go, well, that's, that's probably all remnants of what happened at the flood whenever God poured out judgment on the people who deserved it. I that thought time. about that. That's yeah. really... And even afterwards, see, God was talking about uh, whenever he was sharing, like, this is what the world is going to be like now. He said, animals um, will fear mankind mm-hmm. now. And so maybe I think a lot of times the way that they lash out is motivated out of fear or, you know, hunger or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly how scientists would explain aggression yeah. in animals is usually because of fear or hunger. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Interesting mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah. Maybe the Bible's accurate. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa my you mind. heard it here first, folks. <laughs> the Bible is true. Amen. So uh, one of the things that he kind of brings up next after going through with uh, free will here, something I wrote down is uh, God is our fuel and nothing mm. else satisfies. Yeah. I liked that. I did too. And uh, he, he uses, he uses, okay, I, I bring, I feel like I bring up all the like analogies and <laughs> stuff that he bring, that he uses, but like they're all so interesting. Yeah. And he does such a good job coming up with like situations or uh you know, using examples to explain mm-hmm. the deeper meanings or whatever. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's just like, you know, God created us like man has created a car. 
and to get a car to run, it needs gasoline or yeah. petrol, whatever petrol. he whatever he calls it. Whatever That's what C.S. Lewis would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clive Stapleton needs petrol. He needs no gasoline. <laughs> it's the same stuff. Anyway, um, but same way, you know, God has created us, and for us to run, we have to have God. And that's why I feel like, you know, a lot of people, you know, back in the Old Testament would worship idols and stuff because they were made to worship mm -hmm. and they were made to, you know, to praise someone or something. And if it's not God, then they're going to turn to other things mm -hmm. that, because that's just what they were made to do. Yeah. But it's, it doesn't satisfy them and it definitely doesn't satisfy God <laughs> at yeah. all. And uh, I know we don't have like idols and stuff like here in America, really, like, like, you know, like big statues of stuff that we like bow down and worship to. But like our idols today are like ourselves, you mm -hmm. know, we'll worship. Our, you know, the whole thing is, you know, uh, be true to yourself and love yourself and all this stuff, which I think to an extent is, you know, you, I think, think self-care is a, is a, I don't know if I'd call it a spiritual discipline necessarily, mm -hmm. but, but I, I think it's important mm -hmm. as long as you're not putting yourself above God and... Yeah, we, we can't even satisfy ourselves the way that God can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny, like right after that, he says that's the key to history. Terrific energy is expended. Um, civilizations are built up, excellent institutions devised, but each time something goes wrong. Um, and I think that that's something that I hear people talk about when they do talk about history, um, people who would like not be believers, um, to say like, oh yeah, like, this, like they look at something and say like man has come so far, you know, and, and these kinds of things. Um, but if you if you look at that, it's really not that man has really come far. It's just like maybe the situation is different and like the tools and technology are different. But like governments fall, you know, people um, like harm each other. You know, the, the, like people are not like more kind than they used to be. You know, it's not anything History like just that. Itself yeah. Always. Yeah, so... Yeah, see, people came really far with the Tower of Babel, but that was several thousand years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love what he says right after that, I, just kind of piggybacking off of exactly what you said. He mm -hmm. said, some fatal flaw always brings the selfish and cruel people back to the top, and it all slides back into misery and ruin. Mm -hmm. and I, like, as soon as he said misery and ruin, I was watching Rome burn in my mind while Emperor Nero plays the fiddle, you know, mm. just those, those kinds of things. And I feel like a lot of us can, those of us who have studied a little bit of history can definitely see that. And then even those of us living just in today's day and age and looking around the planet, I think we can see that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did think also, well, so he, he, um, he asked the question, so in light of those things, in light of people not doing well with, you know, um, civilization and all that. Um, and so he says, well, then what did God do? Um, because then that might be someone's question of, you know, if God is good. Like he didn't, he obviously didn't leave us on our own. You know, we can, we can see that. Um, but so he hits back on his argument from book one of he left us a conscience. Um, and then, um, I, I, but I thought it was interesting. He said he also, secondly, he sent the human race what I call good dreams um, and, um, I don't know, is that something, have y'all, like, are y'all familiar with, with that? 
I, I was confused about that because he said he was talking about queer stories scattered all through the heathen religions about a God who dies and come to life again and by his death has somehow given new life to men. I'm like, that sounds like Jesus. But well, like yeah. he, he, he was talking about like <laughs> heathen religions and stuff. And I'm like, I guess there are a bunch of other religions that have a really similar story mm-hmm. with that. You know, like I'm pretty sure for, uh, uh, for Muslims, wasn't that uh, Muhammad? Um, I don't know if his, his isn't that it comes, that he gives them life. Um, he, he's just a prophet or something, right? Yeah. Um, I know like he, um, like the, what's in the Quran or like different, cause there's different whatever, but, um, like it was supposed supposedly like from an angel or something. Um, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, um, cause I've heard sometimes people say like, um, they talk about like flood stories and like different things like from long ago. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with that one specifically about um, what he meant. There. I think, <clears throat> and I can't say that this is exactly what he's talking about. He, he actually references that later. I think even in the next chapter, okay. he says something about that again um, when he's talking about the way that people approach Christianity sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things he might be getting at is kind of referencing heresy, you know, talking about mm. what some call Christianity, um, but they take it more as kind of just a, uh, I, I don't really know, you know, m- more of something where they just kind of adopt the name of Christianity rather than to actually live as though it's true. Um, there's a chance of that. I'm not sure. Like you guys said, I, I read that part and I was like, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <What>? I, <did. laughs> I read that multiple times. It's like, yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. There's probably, there are several references that he makes because he was like a classic, you know, scholar and, and I'm like, I'm sure that there's, <laughs> I'm sure this is somewhere. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Somewhere. I don't but, remember um, what, where this was, but he talked about like these two authors or something mm-hmm. and he was like, I'm sure many of you have read blah, yeah. blah. And I was like, no, no yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I bet it was like a popular science, you know, like how, anyway, like article. Probably. We're a little bit removed culturally yeah. and time-wise. I don't Maybe even remember like what chapter Bill that was on. That could have been in the last couple chapters. I don't even remember. I think it's in chapter four there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then he int- he uses that question to introduce um, Jesus and um, and then and then goes on to talk about, like you were saying, um, the argument of like, Jesus is a good moral teacher, which he like he's like, mm, nope, smacks it down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because why would a moral teacher be sitting there and saying, "I'm God," and you know, "I'm humble," and he's like, only only God could say that mm-hmm. about himself. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I've ne- again, that's another thing that he brings up a a great point that I've never thought about before. You know, it's like you know how how would I combat you know, someone that says, you know, Jesus was a great moral teacher. I'm like, oh, well, that makes perfect yeah. sense. It's, it's just that simple. Yeah. Yeah, I think C.S. Lewis is the one who popularized that line of reasoning where Jesus is either liar, lunatic, or Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, if he is who he says he is, then he's Lord. But if he's not, then who he said he was, he was lying about. Mm-hmm. That does not make him a good moral teacher. Or he's a <laughs> lunatic, which also does not make him a good moral teacher. So that just doesn't hold water. Mm-hmm. If he's a good moral teacher, then he is also Lord. He has to be. And so, so much more than, than just a good teacher. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I thought it was interesting. Well, it was kind of funny, but also interesting. 
Um, like when he said, he said he would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg, <laughs> or else he would be the devil of hell. Um, and which, like, because he would be misleading, you know, people. And that's not the case. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I like that he says, you must make your choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, period. Yeah. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else he's a madman or something worse. Um, yeah, there's no in between. No, you, mm. you have to make a choice about that. I was having a conversation with somebody online uh, for school. I don't typically get into social media conversations about these kinds of things. I feel like that's kind of a black hole. But I was talking to somebody on uh, in a discussion um, for school, and I mentioned something about uh, those who rejected Christ being blinded to the truth of of the gospel and then those who have accepted the gospel and kind of drawing a line between the two. And he asked a question regarding those who hadn't specifically rejected um, Christ. And and it was kind of an interesting question to me because then I had to ask myself, is there a such thing? Is there a such thing as someone who has not outright rejected Christ? If you have heard the gospel that's been presented to you, then you do have a choice. And even if your choice is, well, maybe later, mm. that's still rejection for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's not really that middle ground. I mm-hmm. think that's just an illusion that we cast to try to soften what really is true rejection. Yeah, yeah, by a little time or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So was there anything else in chapter three that just really stuck out to you guys that we haven't brought up yet? Did you have something? I was going to say, he has a few really good one-liners in mm-hmm. here talking about when, like when you mentioned that, you know, God is the fuel um, that we run off of, so to speak. Um, one of the things he said is he said, God cannot give us happiness mm-hmm. and peace apart from himself because it is not there and there is no such thing. Mm-hmm. I-, I love how simple he makes that. Again, just kind of that plain, you know, one line, God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And it explains, like, that exactly explains his argument of, like, people setting themselves up, you know, with all these other things um, that are not God. Um, and it always it always goes wrong. It always will go wrong because you can't separate happiness, peace, um, and, you know, good things from God. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I did think, so just with the moral teacher or the good teacher thing, um, I, I did think it was interesting that he, um, he said like even his enemies when they read the gospels, um, do not get, do not usually get the impression of silliness and conceit. Um, Christ says that he is humble and meek, and we believe him. Um, and so I was thinking about the difference in the way that people sometimes talk about God and sometimes talk about Jesus. Because like we said, like, oh, if God is so good, why is there bad things? But then people were like, oh, yeah, I like Jesus. Like, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was, that was, a, that was interesting. Um, and I think sometimes, I don't know if this is why, um, but there is... Not that God was like removed from people in the Old Testament, but he doesn't he didn't indwell people like Holy Spirit didn't indwell people permanently um in the Old Testament in the same way, and um, they hadn't seen like God in flesh like what true humanity should look like before Jesus, and so like what people remember from the Old Testament and like things they've been taught is like, oh yeah, 
God is like angry and like killed a bunch of people. Um, but then Jesus is like the nice one or, you know, I don't, (laughs) but that's not, (laughs) but they're all, they all are God. Um, and God's not like angry for no cause. God is not unjust. Um, because Jesus got angry. We were just talking about that, like flipping the tables, you know, (laughs) but it was just anger. Um, we talked about that pre-podcast, by the way, (laughs) that's what she's referring to there. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was, um, I hadn't really noticed that before and thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. I, I think about the scripture that says that Jesus himself is the perfect embodiment of God the Father. Mm-hmm. Like he really does represent God the Father, but we, we kind of need to take that both ways and, and understand that I think part of the reason why so many people like what they saw of Jesus when he came the first time is partially because he came peacefully mm-hmm. the first time, um, but also positionally, it was different. I, I think we can all kind of relate a little bit whenever we think about, um, you know, when you think about the guy on top in an organization, you know, the, the guy who's, who's at the very top, well, everybody hates that guy, mm. you know, because everything that comes down from the top that you don't like, it's that guy's yeah, fault. Yeah. Like, even his right-hand <laughs> man, you might look at and go, man, I wish he was in charge. Yeah. He's so much better. <laughs> but if he was in charge, we'd hate him too. True. And I, I think that might be kind of part of that phenomenon a little bit. Um, but unfortunately, if people are not a big fan of God the Father, then they won't like Jesus when he comes back and sets up his kingdom either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, yeah. so speaking of Jesus, that's a, he's a perfect segue for chapter four. Jesus is a perfect segue for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. <laughs> so chapter four, um, not going to lie, I didn't. I kind of procrastinated reading chapter four a little <laughs> bit and got a little behind. I kind of had to speed read this pre-podcast, so I didn't get to write a lot down for this one. Uh, but from what I got from this, uh, he kind of talks about how there's um, different theories about Christianity, specifically like why Jesus had to like be the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like why why didn't God just make it to where it's like, oh, snap your fingers, Everything's, everyone's redeemed. Like, I'm going to redeem everybody anyway through Jesus. Why don't I just snap my fingers and mm-hmm. make that happen? Uh, and that's kind of, uh, kind of just seems like that's what the argument for this chapter is. It's trying to, trying to figure out the why for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of like atonement theories, I guess, mm-hmm. um, which I, I mean, I, once I started looking into them, I was like, oh, I've heard that, I've heard that. But just like the, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what I, what I, well, you know, on that. Um, but, Some uh, of those theories are splitting hairs and thin hairs mm-hmm. at that. Um, definitely, I was reading through them last semester a little bit, and um, I, <laughs> I was really refreshed by C.S. Lewis's perspective on them um, because it, it, it was really kind of what I came to when I was studying mm-hmm. them last semester, which was, does this stuff matter that much to the core of Christianity? I think when you're studying it from a scholarly perspective and, and there are these different things that you want to parse out and start to figure out, you know, well, is this technically the motivation for this or is this how this really works? I think these are perfectly valid questions mm-hmm. and actually important. Um, but for, for, for mere Christianity, mm-hmm. for, you know, accepting Christ, understanding the tenets of the gospel, I think it would actually probably be the opposite of beneficial to try to hammer these into young believers um, without, you know, laying other foundations first. Yeah. And once again, it's that hallway analogy. Yeah, I exactly. feel like I can bring that up every episode. I know, that's yeah. We, he, that's, that's what he said at the beginning of the book. That's mm-hmm. what he's trying to do, and he's doing it again. Yeah, 
Yeah, my first thought, honestly, on reading that was to push back and like, well, yeah, of course it matters, you know. But, um, but, um, and I think, like you said, it it does. Um, but, but if you're explaining the gospel to someone, if you're explaining what Christianity is, um, you don't have to like the person doesn't have to know these things, so like scary. these very detailed, yeah, like theories and stuff, in order to accept that Christ, you know, died for them so they could like be in relationship with God. Um, because like, I didn't know that when I accepted Christ at, you know, in like elementary school, like that's not, you know, um, but then I do think once you get further down, um, it's important with, I don't know, because I think sometimes it's like, um, the, how it works almost turns into like, uh, like Christ plus other things. Like some Mm -hmm. of those theories can, can add on. Um, and so I think like in that sense, it is important. Um, but I agree. I, I think some of those things, and, and really it seems like what he's talking about here with atonement theories mm-hmm. and um, just as far as, you know, what what actually is atonement and at what point did atonement happen and was Christ dying the atonement and mm-hmm. then our accepting of that, you know, does that cause the atonement or has the atonement already happened? Those, those kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think about where scripture is talking about, you know, those who are... Um, you know, babies in Christ, so to speak. And then I have to think about my own child at home, my 10 month old. And, you know, I kind of have to be careful what I throw on his tray because he'll eat anything, (laughs) but he won't necessarily swallow it. And I I just kind of have to pay attention to that because he'll either gag it back out or choke on it. (laughs) And, um, sorry, vivid (laughs) mental picture there. Um, (laughs) that's my life. Um, but, uh, but I think we can almost look at the same thing when it comes to these doctrines and things, because, I remember um, I had a close friend when I was in high school, and I was really interested in um, eschatology, the end times, revelation, prophecy. Mm -hmm. I loved that stuff, and I ate that up, and that was probably the only part of the Bible I actually read for a couple years, which was not healthy. Um, And my my friend was absorbing this from me all the time. I would tell him different things about the end times and how close I thought we were to it, which was completely conjecture and totally pointless. But he absorbed that from me, and he saw my zeal for that, and he almost thought that somehow that was the substance um, of our faith. And so after a certain amount of time, when he found that he couldn't lean on um, some of the theories that you know I had subscribed to and, and those kinds of things, you know, certain end times dates would come and they would go, eclipses would come and they would go, and he would see that and go, wait a second, there's no substance to this. Mm. This isn't, you know, what I thought it was. And he doubted for years. He walked away for a long time um, because some of the things that he was trying to, I think, integrate into his understanding of Christ Um, actually became a stumbling block for him. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with revelation, eschatology, those kinds of things. Um, But I think sometimes when when you get real, real deep into it and you mistreat it, which there is a tendency to do if you're not mature in Christ, um, which I was not, Mm -hmm. um, then I think that's, that's kind of a point where some of those deep doctrinal points can become almost hazardous to a young Christian. Sure. Yeah, Um, I think... um... I kind of looked at the that part. Um, he says a man can accept what Christ has done without knowing how it works. Um, indeed, he certainly would not know how it works until he's accepted it. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then I was thinking through, like, so if the detail things come later, um, you know, the essential, the essential um, element of this to believe 
Christ is faith, and then that faith leads to more faith and knowledge, um, you know. But, um, but yeah, there's a, as far as mere Christianity, this is like the, you know, it makes sense. Right. I, can get, I can get behind it. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't <yeah>. at first. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. So one of the big things that I saw that he was kind of laying out here to try to, to try to like answer that question of why didn't God just snap his fingers and just make everything better, you know, was that uh, he, he kind of puts a little emphasis on that there was a debt that mm. had to be paid. And, uh, you know, for that debt to be paid, there had to be someone perfect. And the only person that could be perfect would be God himself, Mm -hmm. but God himself cannot die. Mm -hmm. So then we come across a problem, and that's where Christianity solves that problem. Well, Christianity didn't solve that problem. Jesus solved that problem by being Jesus. Preach. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I think it was page 57. Yeah, he's talking about, uh, uh, in fact, it needs a good man to repent. And here comes the catch. Only a bad person needs to repent. Only a good person can repent perfectly. The worse you are, the more you need it, and the less you can do it. The only person who could do it perfectly would be a perfect person, and he would not need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had to read that multiple times. He writes like the Apostle Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Romans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that's so important, kind of circling back to what we were talking about as far as sharing with a non-believer, and, and there are you know plenty of non-believers that have deep, important questions about Christianity, about God, and I think it's important that we have a good answer to respond to those questions with. Um, but ultimately, at the heart of this, I think what's so important that we keep at the forefront of our mind when we're discussing the faith with a non-believer, is that it really is an issue of faith. Yeah. It's it's not intellectual. Mm-hmm. In fact, it looks like foolishness to the rest of the world. It is a matter of the heart and whether or not... In fact, C.S. Lewis addresses this. He says, a man can accept Christ um, without knowing how it works. Indeed, he certainly would not know how it works until he has accepted it. He uses this analogy. He says, a man can eat his dinner without understanding mm-hmm. exactly how food nourishes mm-hmm. him. All he knows is he's hungry and he needs to eat food and he goes and he eats it. Um, And then there's plenty of study that he could do about that. He could figure out all the different vitamins in the food and all the ways that they meet the deficits within his body and those kinds of things. But uh, really, that's not all essential to him partaking. You know, he really, all he really needs to know is I'm hungry. This food will feed me. It It will fill that. Um, and I, I think that's really the best place to start, even with, you know, when discussing with an intellectual non-believer mm-hmm. who wants to know the answers to a lot of these questions. I feel like it's important that we do circle back around all the time and say, you know, this is really a matter of the surrender of your heart. Mm-hmm. Are you going to accept Christ or are you not? Because you could always, always come up with reasons why not. You could always come up with reasons why um, you you disbelieve. Mm-hmm. Um so, so really, it's it's not a question of, you know, are you going to win me over with the facts? In fact, that's impossible if you've made up your mind that I cannot. But are you going to surrender to the truth of the gospel, or are you not? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, like, I don't know, there are things um, I was thinking about, just things that I, um, like I would say, you know, like how we talked about getting saved. Like I would say I got saved at like a very young age. 
Um, but there was not follow through. There was not like discipleship. Um, and so there was like small faith there. <clears throat> and so to get to that, I mean, it, like it's, it's there, but then it doesn't, it doesn't seem to like do, you know, anything. Cause I was, you know, being changed. Scott talked about that this morning with, um, you have to let God change you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but just to get to that point, um, and then if you, sometimes that can be part of what you talked about with people is to say like, yeah, I had those questions too. Um, but God answers those questions in time. You know, if, if you can, like you said, if you, if you surrender your heart to Christ, if you say like, Jesus is the son of God, I believe that and, and choose to follow him. Um, you, you will learn the things, you know, God will give you maybe not the exact answer or, you know, in all detail, <laughs> you know, like you may not know, like when the world will end, but, um, he'll give you understanding enough to, to continue to believe and to continue to grow. Um, and so I think that is something just as much to, to talk about with, mm-hmm. with all of these things. So I would say the next to last thing he really, or maybe it's just the last thing he brings up, period, mm-hmm. in this chapter, um, is, and this is something I really like about uh, this book, is that he comes up with these just very random, like, I don't know, like, questions that people, mm-hmm. like, he says people say this or whatever. I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone ask that before. Mm-hmm. But that, like, I feel like I've had that, like, question maybe in the back of my mind or something. So I'm sure a lot of other people mm-hmm. have those questions. Yeah. But, like, uh, on page 58, um, he says, I have heard some people complain that if Jesus was God as well as man, then his sufferings and death lose all value in their eyes because it must have been so easy for him. Um, and I like kind of how he discuss like rebukes that, um, by basically saying, you know, um, you have a teacher that's trying to help a child, like, mm-hmm. write or mm-hmm. something. You're not going to tell the teacher, well, you're making that too easy. Yeah. You know, it's too easy because the teacher's, how's the child going to learn mm-hmm. to write, you know, without, without the help? And, um, and that's kind of what. This, Jesus doing this is the help that he's providing for us because obviously we can't do this on our own. Yeah. And, uh, and I think I've got my own rebuke against this claim that it must have been easy for him mm. because he sweat blood in the garden. Right. It was obviously not easy for him right. at all. He was praying and wishing that this would not happen Yeah. if it was within God's will. It was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... There's the Clivey Stapes rebuke and there's the My rebuke. It's the, <laughs> the Timmy P. <laughs> the Timmy P rebuke. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, I yeah. Um, along with that, there is a um, something in Hebrews that I read um, not too long ago, and I had not ever read it before, um, because you do have that thought of like, oh, if Jesus is God and Jesus per- is perfect, like he followed God perfectly. Well, yeah, he did, um, but it wasn't just like like he also like. Scripture shows us like Jesus spending time with God, like Jesus praying and and doing these things that God wants from us, um, and doing it in a way that is perfect and um, that is our example. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> there, um, I think it's it's Hebrews five seven. Um, it says, "In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save from death, to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence." So it's not like it was just some automatic. Thing, or Jesus wouldn't have been on earth for, you know, several, you know, 33 years. And um, I think it's easy to, to um, go either look at Jesus, like, 
with the good teacher, like, oh, he's just like a human teacher, or like, oh, Jesus is God, so he's not human. Um, and that is such a mystery to think through. But um, but Jesus experienced pain. Like, God himself experiences pain, mm-hmm. um, but it was Jesus in his flesh experiencing pain in the same way that we do. Um, and so, like, on the one hand, maybe, like, it obviously is, is possible for him um, and, like, maybe easier in that sense, but not, like not without suffering, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about that. No, that's a good point. Um, I have been, I think, sharing this at every gathering that I've gone to, every chance that I get. Um, but it's easily one of the most emotional moments that I've had in personal Bible study in a long time. Um, but it was it was right there at that moment that we're talking about, um, just, just before Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was sharing the Last Supper with his disciples, and, um, you know, after Judas had already left to go do what he was going to do, and Jesus just had his, his core there, and, um, you know, they got done taking the supper together, which I'm sure was very emotional, and then they sang a hymn together, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife found a uh, study note in her Bible as we were reading that that said that they would have sung Psalms 113 through 118, uh, because that was the tradition to do at Passover, and so if you go back and you read through Psalm 113 through 118 mm-hmm. as though Jesus was singing it just before the Garden of Gethsemane, and then you jump back into Matthew 26, you know, from verse 30 on, and you read about that account, um, it's heartbreaking to, to, to think about some of the things that um, Jesus was singing and saying and reminding himself of just before agonizing in the Garden. It's amazing reading those psalms, really, because you can tell that they were written specifically for one moment in time Mm -hmm. and that they apply in both directions, Mm -hmm. eternally speaking. But for that very moment that Jesus would be singing it, and you can see the pain in in those songs, and you can see um, the struggle, and you can also see the salvation and the deliverance of Jesus as well, just like you were reading in Hebrews. It says a lot of the same things. So um, definitely... Definitely an important thing to consider with this argument. He brings that argument up as though somehow maybe it could have been easy. And I like Timothy, like you were saying, you know, like he, he comes back at that and he says, okay, so what if it was, right? right? He, he brings in that other, I love that other example where he says, uh, so this, he goes, if I was drowning in a rapid river and a man who still has mm-hmm. one foot on a bank uh, offers me his, his hand to save my life, he goes, should I s- shout back to him between gasps, that's not fair, <laughs> you have an advantage, you're keeping one foot on the bank? He's like, that's, that's totally ridiculous. Yeah. No, you would not do that. <laughs> so what if he has an advantage, he's saving your, your life, and, and even more than that. Yeah, yeah, and I, um, right after that, he he poses this question, um, it kind of just like, I was like, oh, that sums it up. <laughs> to what will you look for help if you will not look to that which is stronger than yourself? Amen. Like what you can't look, if you can't look to yourself for help and you can't look to other people for help, you know, you go for Jesus. Right. Um, who, yeah. who is the help? So. I find it so funny how so many of these things, you know, the examples he gives of questions people have had and stuff, you know, and, and doubts and questions that, you know, we ourselves as Christians mm-hmm. have had, you know, there's so many just simple answers like this, you know, that we sit here like, man, yeah, that's a great question. But then we look at these examples, you know, with the, with the river and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's really silly. Yeah. <laughs> that's really silly. Why, why is that even a, even a thought process? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I know that some of these things, you know, like I've said, I feel like I've had some of these like in the back of my head sure. before. And it's just like, that that's that's really silly. 
This book makes me feel silly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. So earlier he was he was talking about some other things, but it's it's along those same lines. He says that God is the source of all of our reasoning power mm-hmm. and, and those kinds of things. And he says you could not be right and he wrong any more than a stream can rise higher than its own source. Right. It's one of those real straightforward principles. Like God is God is the source of all life and everything that you are, every beat of your heart and breath in your lungs. How do you think you could outthink the one that is supplying <laughs> your brain waves? You can't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Like think of a question, be like, mm, "Got you there." Like, no, no. <laughs> actually not. <laughs> yeah. For you sure. can't got you on God. Right. <laughs> I need a bumper sticker now. Yeah. <laughs> So is there anything else in chapter four before we close out here that you guys wanted to, or chapter three, or mm-hmm. a summary of both? Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final That's thoughts. what I should have said. There you go. Anyone got any final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> My final thought is I'm glad that um, God has so much grace. Um, yeah. sitting yeah. here feeling silly and, yeah. and dumb and a lot of other people, you know, ask these questions and stuff and God, I just, if I were God, I would not have the kind of mercy and grace that he gives. I'd be sitting there and like, you're so dumb. You're so stupid. Why are you so stupid? And like, he doesn't do that. No. He was literally like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to come down there and I'll just fix it all for you. And I'll go through all this, all this crap. So y'all got to and like, that's just, that's just cool. That's cool. Yeah. And, and had, had that planned since before the beginning since of forever. time. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I was having a conversation like that with somebody the other day, and I said, do you ever think God just looks down and goes, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> because there are times when I'll look up and I'll go, you know, it's like God was in control the whole time. <laughs> in those <laughs> moments, like, like God's like, yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you get it. But he knows that I'll forget just five minutes later, and I'll have to go through some other faith testing process to come to the point that I trust him again. Yeah. Mm. I like to think, um, I mean, I'm sure it is frustrating, but then I think also like, um, I, I know you, you, like you said, you're with your kids a lot. Um, but when you see a kid, like if you teach them something, um, you do these things and sometimes they don't know that you're teaching it to them, you know, um, but then they get it and you're like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there, I, I would say that, um, that God is that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because he wants us to get it, you know, yeah. he, he desires that for us. Um, and maybe like, it's funny because you'd be like, well, he doesn't give you any ensemble. He gives you an entire book, though, <laughs> you know? Right. So it's like, yeah. so it's it's there. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe equal equal uh, frustration and, and delight and, uh, in the perfect mix because it's, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I imagine so. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think... I think that about gets it for me. Well, we got one more chapter in book two to do, which we'll do in the next episode, Mm -hmm. which will be next week. So be looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess we'll just conclude with the way we always conclude. What's good? Oh, you're asking me. Yeah. If you'd like. Unless you want one of us to go first. Would that help? Uh, Sure. Okay. Should I go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Because I actually have things this this time. Nice. Yeah. So uh, me and my family just moved in to Owensboro. We yeah. used to live half an hour away from church, and now we only live like 11 minutes from church. 
And that's awesome. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. And I can like hang out with people more often, which is really cool. Because a yeah. lot of times like people would be like, hey, you want to hang out? And I'd already like had just driven back home <laughs> for 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, another 30 minute drive. Just good. Like, and I was like, I can't, y'all. I'm too tired to do that. Now I don't have to do that. I yeah. can just, I'm in town. Yeah. And it's awesome. That's good. what's good. Good. I'm, I'm yeah, that's like what's been within the last couple of days, right? Yeah, you we just, just we we just in. moved the rest of every, we got everything out of the old house mm-hmm. yesterday. Okay. And and yeah, now we just have tons of boxes in our garage right now to unpack, but which will probably take a couple of weeks. Yeah, but that's okay. But otherwise, yeah, we we were good. Yeah. We're good. Cool. Going, I mean, the moving process went well. No one died. I thought oh, dad good. I thought dad was going to Was that an going. expectation? I thought dad was going to for a little bit because he was he was a hurting cuz mm. it was just me and him, you know, carrying all the furniture and stuff from from the house and stuff and it was like mm. like I mean, we had, like, a dolly and everything, but he was trying to push himself, mm. like, because he was like, we're going to get it all in one load on the truck. Let's go one load. And I was like, Dad, we're not going to get it in one load. Oh, you're right. Two loads. Let's go. Two loads. And, and then, and then like, it was almost 1130 at night, mm. and he was like, we're going to get this done. We're going to get this done tonight. I'm like, Dad, let's finish in the morning. And finally, it's like 1130, 1145. He's like, okay, yeah, we're done. Let's go home. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so he kind of, he, he overpushed himself, mm. and I was like afraid he's going to hurt himself, but he's fine. And we're all fine. Everything's good. Everybody good. survived. You're here. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That is good. Did you have another thing you were gonna? Or I didn't. It I'll, seems like... I'll save it for the next podcast. Okay. Okay. Which we're recording this out of order. Yeah. So <laughs> last week's episodes we're recording next. <laughs> little 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 background yeah. info. <laughs> Behind the scenes. That's yeah. right. <laughs> we have to pretend that we're recording these after chapters one and two, but we're not. Yeah. So. We're recording uh, last week's episode in a few minutes and uh next week's <laughs> <laughs> next week's episode <laughs> will be released <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm saving my next one for for that episode okay gotcha yeah that'll be my second thing that'll be said first okay when it <laughs> so you've already heard it <laughs> yeah you already know yeah i don't know yeah wow. you don't know oh yet. my gosh is that not wild the people listening already know something they already that know i don't know. know this is crazy why does that shock you what? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and the thing is, Ryan's gonna know. He's not gonna know before you. Never mind, because no. he'll he'll be gone. Yeah. That's okay. True. What's been good with you? What's up? <laughs> um, before well, we open up a black hole. <laughs> yeah, God has really uh, provided for us in, in just a lot of amazing ways. Um, mostly just kind of last minute ways, I would say. Uh, last minute to me, but we we would say God's perfect timing. Um, but there, you know, there have been times when I've gotten really close to, uh, you know, wringing my hands and going, okay, God, like, you know, what are we going to do next with the business or um, financially or those kinds of things? And he has consistently done exactly as he said he would in his word. He has consistently uh, made sure that we had food to eat and water to drink and clothes to wear. And, you know, as we continue to press forward, continue to, you know, seek the kingdom and his righteousness and, you know, as I'm continuing to attempt to provide for my family, he is granting that. Um, he is providing for our family and just allowing me to, you know, work alongside, I guess. But uh, it's been neat. It's been very um, faith-strengthening to see the ways that he comes through, um, especially in kind of the scary moments, and, and you cry out to him in prayer, and he answers. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've loved that. Um, God is good, and he's, he's really been showing up lately in ways that are more obvious to us. And I'm thankful for that. Um, 
Definitely, definitely. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> what's good with you, Melissa? Um, well, I would just say I really um, winter, winter time, cold weather kind of gets me down sometimes. Yeah. And um, we've had some very beautiful days um, just to be out um, enjoying, you know, being outside. Um, so it, it just um, it was a it was an encouragement for me this past couple weeks. Definitely. Um, but yeah. It was an encouragement to me, too, to see all the snow go away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I loved it the snow. <laughs> I did love the snow. but I, uh, I enjoyed it for about 30 minutes, maybe. Yeah, that's me. I don't know if I make it 30. I look at it for about 10 minutes, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty, and then, nope. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm ready for it to be gone completely. <laughs> you know, related to the snow, this is another thing. Um, it's a little more significant than warm weather, but <laughs> we went sledding um, before all the big snow had come. I made a poor sledding choice and sledded in a hill on a hill that I shouldn't have um, and ended up hitting my head really hard, like in a oh, way no. that could have been really bad. Um, and so I was very thankful that um, that God protected me in that yeah. um, wow. and, and spared me from the consequence of a poor decision. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like um, an epic hill, though. It, it was Chautauqua with very little snow. What is Chautauqua? Chautauqua Park. Over here, it's super. You fast. live in Owensboro now. You'll, oh, you'll that's true. Out. That's true. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was like a part where it had already been sledded, and so it was like you know. But then I chose to not go down that part because people were waiting in line. I was like, I'm not gonna wait in line, <laughs> and so <laughs> I went over here. Take the road less traveled, Melissa. <laughs> yeah, and then you fall off and hit your face and yeah. worry about that you've given yourself a concussion. But <laughs> it was bumpy. I tried to stop myself. I kind of flipped off smack my face so anyway um but it was fun like i've had i've gone to the chiropractor i had a headache you know for a few days but um but no like i'm glad you're yeah okay. me yeah, too praise <laughs> god for that that's great but uh but yeah so there you go well that's it <laughs> that's that's the podcast yep for this episode yeah thanks for talking with us ryan yeah, yeah thank you for having me again i always enjoy this yeah. i'm sure we'll have you back on at some point again yeah that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe you can join the mini episode where I talk about eating steak and sushi with the dentist. <laughs> I think I deserve to be there since yeah. I raised yeah. the question. That's, That's the hard hitting stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see you guys All in the right. next episode. All bye right, bye. Bye. That's a good, um, that's a good example. Um, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note. <laughs> You're welcome.